Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job warns there's a major difference between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world. So you need to go back to the Word and say, does the Bible say it? Is it taught in the Word? Is this a wisdom that's coming from heaven? Or is this a wisdom that's being generated in this earth that's really not of God? Because it will affect your destiny and the way you live your life. Welcome to Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Mark is president of Moody Bible Institute and he's senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today we're continuing a crucial lesson about the difference between following the wisdom of God and falling for the wisdom of the world. Turns out there are many inspirational sayings and pieces of advice that sound good on the outside, but when we put them to the test of Scripture, we find that not only are they not biblical, they may actually be harmful. So, to take us deeper into our study in the book of James called Faith That Works, here's Mark Job with today's lesson on wisdom, titled, Where Does It Come From? I've heard people, well-meaning people, even in this congregation, say things about wisdom or make statements that are absolutely not to be found in the Bible at all, but we believe it because our culture is telling us this. Sometimes we've embraced pop culture and think that it's biblical culture, but it's really not wisdom from above. Are you tracking with me? Let me give you some examples. See if you recognize any of these. For example, have you ever heard the statement, if it feels good, do it? A lot of people that live their lives saying, well, if it feels good, it must be good. It has nothing to do with scripture. McDonald's when you're tired at 12 o'clock at night feels good to eat a juicy, greasy hamburgers and fries. But in the end, too much of that will give you a heart attack. Hello. Have you ever heard this statement? Let me debunk some of these statements that some people think are biblical but really come from pop psychology. Have you ever heard this statement? Human beings are basically all good. Now that makes you feel good and made made me feel good to feel like we're all good. But the the truth is that the Bible doesn't teach us that human beings are all good. In fact, the Bible teaches the opposite. The Bible teaches us that we are fallen and that we're sinful and that we desperately need a savior to cleanse us and change us that are we're made in the image of God but deep inside of us there's a broken a sinfulness that's inside of us that we are not good we are sinful at heart and that's why we need a savior now if you believe that we're all good then we don't need a savior if we believe that we all, we all inside intrinsically are good, then no one needs to come and forgive us. No one needs to come and heal us. No one needs to come and save us. But if you believe that we're broken, we need a savior. Humanism teaches us that basically we're all good. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Jeremiah 17 9 says, The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can save it? Um, People teach this all the time. How about this one? Does this sound familiar? What we really need is just more self-esteem, more self-worth. Well, that sounds good. More self-esteem, 
and more self-worth? Let me tell you, it does sound good, but really this whole idea of self-esteem and self-worth is a novel idea that was really brought about by Freudianism, which is a modern-day psychologist. But before that, there was not even the concept. People didn't talk about self-esteem and self-worth. And let me tell you this. If by self-esteem you mean that you tell yourself in the mirror, I'm great, I'm good, I'm better than other people, there's no one like me, and it's based on telling yourself that you're good, listen, there's a problem with that. The Bible never says that. The Bible says understand who God is and how God sees you and when you understand how God sees you you will realize how precious you are in the sight of God not because of who you are but who God makes you to be that's what the Bible tells us popular psychology and wisdom from the world tells us for example here's another one you can't love others until you love yourself. Well, pastor, what's wrong with that? That sounds good. I've heard people say it a lot. I need to love myself more. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you said it. But sometimes we've been taught that part of our problem is we just need to love ourselves more. That if we love ourselves more, then we will do better in life. Now, that appeals to us and that sounds good but the question I ask is where does that wisdom come from above or below I challenge you to look through anywhere in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation and find a passage of Scripture that tells you to love yourself more you're not gonna find it because the Bible never says that our problem is that we lack self-love in fact it says the opposite 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, talk to us about what the, in, the evils of the end time. And it says, in the end time, know that in the end time, men will be lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parent, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, and lovers of themselves. Who did it get quiet in this place? The Bible never says love yourself more. What the Bible says is love God more. And as you love God more, the love of God will pour out into your life and you will know who you are in God. When you love Him, then you will have a clear sense of who you are because you are strong in the love of God. If your wisdom is not from God, then you'll say, well, pastor, my problem, and I've had these conversations, my past, pastor, my problem is that I don't love myself more. I'm just going to love myself more. And you know what? This husband of mine, he really hampers my self-love. So I'm just going to get rid of him so I can, because I'm going to love myself more. And you know, these children of mine, they're really a headache. I raised them, but I'm not going to have anything to do with them because I'm just going to put myself first and I'm going to love myself more. Listen, that might sound good, but it's not biblical. The Bible never says that your problem is you love yourself too, too little. The Bible usually says our problem is that we love ourselves more than what we love God and put ourselves at the center. That is not biblical teaching. That is not wisdom that comes from on high. Does this sound familiar? God helps those who help themselves. 
I've heard people say, well, doesn't the Bible say God helps those who help themselves? No, that's not in the Bible. That's not a verse in the Bible. It's a, ver it's, it's a saying that many people attribute to the Bible, but it's not found in the Bible. How about this one? God wants me to be happy. I hear people say that all the time. Well, doesn't God want me to be happy? Never found that in the Bible, that God's goal is to make you happy. Never found it in the Bible. In fact, let me tell you, when you pursue happiness and half of America or 80% of America, if a mic is shoved in front of your face and you are asked, what is your goal in life? Most people say, well, I just want to be happy. My goal in life is I just want to be happy. Let me tell you, bad goal. Bad goal. Because the pursuit of happiness is called hedonism. That you pursue your own happiness at the expense of anything else in life. And people that pursue happiness are usually the most miserable people on earth. Because if anything in life doesn't make them happy, they get rid of it. If they have a relate, if their mother is critical, I'm getting rid of her. If, if my friends aren't, aren't making me happy, I get rid of them. If my wife isn't making me happy, I get rid of her. If my husband's not making me happy, I get rid of him. If God isn't making me happy, I switch gods to someone else. Uh, if the pursuit of happiness is putting yourself at the center, listen, happiness is a byproduct of pursuing God. When you say in your life, I'm going to follow and serve and pursue God, then a byproduct of pursuing God is that you end up being happy. But when you pursue happiness, you've made happiness an idol and a God in your life. Oh, no, I, I know I'm messing with some of your thinking. I know I'm challenging some of your thinking. I'm challenging pop psychology that a lot of us have embraced instead of biblical psychology. How about this one? We are all children of God. No, we're not. We are all God's creation. But only if you have been born again of the Spirit of God are you a child of God. Are you tracking with me? I'm talking about where does your wisdom come from? Is it coming from above or is it coming from below? Here's another one. By the way, don't we all worship the same God? No, we don't. I've heard this saying over and over nowadays. Well, it doesn't really matter if you worship at that church or this church because in the end, isn't it true that we all worship the same God? Let's hold hands, sing Kumbaya, sway together you worship a tree you guys worship Jesus we worship Allah someone else worships Buddha isn't it all just the same no it's not the same the Bible is very clear about this that we don't all worship the same you can't define the God that I worship as a tree or a totem pole he is a sovereign God of the universe clearly defined his son's name is Jesus and the Bible says there is no way to God except through Jesus Christ the son it's different than other gods there are not more we don't all worship the same God no that's not from God you'll never find that in scripture in fact the Bible talks clearly about it that if you do not embrace Jesus Christ as the only way to God through his son Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary that if you embrace other things that you have denied the God of the Bible we do not all worship the same God some people say, well, it doesn't matter because we're all going to end up in the same place anyways, right? No, we're not. The Bible is clear that our destination 
isn't all the same. We don't all end up in the same place. It matters what you believe. It matters how you live. It matters who you worship. It matters where your wisdom comes from. The Bible talks clearly about that. And here's another one. This is kind of a little petty one, but it kind of aggravates me sometimes. I hear some people say, well, when you die, God gains another little angel. No, you don't. God doesn't gain an angel. You're not going to become an angel. Your aunt that died is not an angel either. You're a human being. You'll always be a human being. You don't turn into an angel. You don't grow wings. It was people that die don't turn into angels. Never. There are angels and there are humans. No one turns into an angel that's a human. Clear? I'm talking to you that the Bible is clear about the wisdom that comes from heaven and wisdom that does not come from heaven. Listen to me very clearly. This is really important. Most of our society today is biblically illiterate. The great majority of our young generation knows how to Google, is very adept at Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and every app that's out there, but has a lack of knowledge of what the Bible really has to say. We're raising a generation of people that are biblically illiterate, and we need to get back to what the Word of God says, back to understanding what the Word of God says, because if not, what, what Dr. Phil says sounds good as what the Bible says, and you can't distinguish what's Dr. Phil, Oprah, or the Bible. Wow, I'm preaching today. We're reaching the midway point of today's Bold Steps message with Mark Job, And if you're joining us late or if you want to hear an earlier message from our new series from the book of James called Faith That Works, remember, you can always find these messages and catch up anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Just open up the app on your phone or smart device and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, And don't forget to tap the subscribe button for easy, automatic downloads. And while you're there, we hope you'll also leave a comment on our podcast page to let us know what these teachings mean to you. You can also send us a message or leave a post on social media. You'll find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Bold Steps Radio. Now, with the final part of today's lesson on wisdom, titled, Where Does It Come From? Here's Mark Job with more Bold Steps. Some of us have grabbed a wisdom that's not from God. And it's destroyed your marriage, your family, and you think that you're doing everything the right way because you don't understand where that wisdom has come from. Some of the wisdom that you're living by is earthly, sensual, and demonic, the Word of God says. So you need to go back to the Word and say, does the Bible say it? Is it taught in the Word? Is this a wisdom that's coming from heaven? Or is this a wisdom that's being generated in this earth that's really not of God? Because it will affect your destiny and the way you live your life. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. Where it comes from matters. Where you get your counsel from matters. Where you get your truth from matters. Where you get your wisdom from, it matters where it came from. Did it come from God and His Word, or did it come from another source? Thirdly and lastly, not only do you need to check the track record, you need to check the culture, 
And then thirdly, you need to evaluate the harvest that you are reaping. Notice what it says in verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, there's earthly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, sincere. And we that embrace the wisdom that comes from heaven, the peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. In other words, what James is saying is that when you have the wisdom that comes from heaven, it will affect your character. And your character affects your relationships. And your relationships ultimately affects the harvest that you reap. What is righteousness? The harvest that we're reaping. Righteousness is integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, correctness of thinking, feeling, and acting. Let me tell you something. If you start living by the wisdom of God now and start sowing those seeds into your marriage, into your children, into your family, you will find yourself reaping a harvest of righteousness, not only in your generation, but the second, third, fourth, fifth generation. It'll affect the generations to come. But you have to start saying, I believe that God's wisdom is better than the cultural or pop psychology wisdom. You need to be able to distinguish, where did this come from? Some of us are rechewing the gum under the kiosk. It came from a nasty place. And you're chewing it like it came from God. And God is saying, hey, understand the word. What am I saying? That you shouldn't read any books that are outside of the Bible? No, I believe there's great books, good wisdom. Learn and grow. But I'm telling you, learn what the Bible says. Understand the word so that when you're reading something out there, you can distinguish whether it's of God or not of God, whether it's in line with the word of God or not in line with the word of God. Because if you have no biblical foundation, if you don't know what wisdom is, if you don't know the word, then you will be like a wave of the sea tossed back and forth. Whatever you read lately is what you're going to be influenced by because you have no anchor, no clear compass to tell you what's right or wrong or what's of the word or not of the word. A good amount of our culture has embraced what philosophers or sociologists call pluralism. That means that we pick and choose what we believe, not based on whether it's true or not, based on whether we like it or not. Most people today, including Christians, don't clearly know what they believe. They hear something over there, they say, I like it. Let me pull that in, mix it in. Dr. Phil, oh, that was good. Let me mix it in. Oprah, the God within, oh, yeah, I like that. That sounds good. Let me put it into my... And so you have a big mishmash of what you believe that's a mix of Eastern religion, New Age thinking, self-empowerment, uh, philosophy, and you've mixed it in and you call it Christianity, but it's not Christianity. It's a watered down, mixed up, meshed together version of Christianity that doesn't look like what the Bible says because you've picked 
and choose from a lot of places and mixed it into one pot and you said, well, that's true to me. Hello. In the past, people believed in absolute truth. Nowadays, the concept of absolute truth has disintegrated. So people say, well, that's true to me. This is my truth. Almost as though I'm going to pick and choose A, B, C, N, F, and D. I like those, and that's going to be my truth. The Bible comes in one package. It's truth. You don't choose, eliminate, scratch out, choose verses A and B, but I'm not going to choose verse C. It comes in one package. The Word of God is true and absolute. As believers, I'm challenging you, know the Word. Get into the Word. Know where the wisdom of God is from so you can distinguish what, between what is right and what is wrong, what is godly, what is not godly, what is wisdom from on high, and what is wisdom from below. And then he ends up, and this is my challenge to you. My challenge to you is where is your wisdom coming from? If it's not coming from the Word, you need to start getting into the Word. If your wisdom is coming from earthly, sensual, and even demonic, and how many of you know that sometimes wisdom of the world camouflages itself as godly wisdom? Uh, sometimes I hear speakers and even preachers preaching things that is really straight from the world camouflaged as godly truth. I'm like, whoa, dude, that is not in the Bible what you're teaching. And we need to be careful that wisdom from the world doesn't camouflage itself as godly truth and infiltrate our lives and do damage to our life. So the question I have for you today as we close our time together is, I'm not sure what you've been reaping lately in life, but maybe the reason that you've been reaping a bad harvest is that you're not embracing the wisdom that leads to good life. Maybe you've been embracing wisdom from the world and it's producing bad harvest in your life. And God is saying it's time for you to say, my word trumps your opinion, pop psychology opinion. I'm going to say, God, you know better than I know. You know better than our culture knows. You know better I'm going to, what it means that Jesus is Lord of my life is that I embrace what the word of God says, even when it's hard, and I choose to follow it, even when it's difficult, above any other word that's out there, I choose to follow the word of God above anything else in my life. Some of you need to make that decision. I'm not going to choose the wisdom of the world over the wisdom of God in my family, in my singleness, in my business, in my dating, in my parenting. I'm going to go to the wisdom of the word and say, God, you are the designer of all things. My trust is in you, not in the wisdom of the world. Such a helpful message today. You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. the conclusion of his message about wisdom. Where does it come from? Mark, any final thought for listeners? You know, Wayne, we are so, so saturated with information. 
And it's easy just to jump online and say, you know, how do I handle this? Where do I go for this? And and, and that's not all bad. There's some good counsel out there. But any wisdom that contradicts the Word of God, any wisdom that is not ultimately rooted in the Word of God, I think leads us in ways that ultimately we will regret. Does, so yes. I think there's a decision to be made that says my ultimate counsel will be looking to godly wisdom, not wisdom of this world. Excellent. Hey, before we go, would you mind pointing listeners to our Bold Step gift at your book, Unstuck? That's right. So we have been offering this as our Bold Step gift. It's Out of Your Cave, Into Your Call, Unstuck. And this is really dealing with seven areas, common areas that we get stuck in in life and how to overcome those common sticking points, what I call them, from the story of Elijah as he went to a cave of depression, getting stuck, discouragement, and had to get out of the cave. Well, we hope you will ask for your copy of Unstuck today when you give a gift of any amount. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org or make that donation over the phone by calling 844-615-7363. Once again, that's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Again, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And that brings us to the end of today's program. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you here tomorrow for the next message in our study of James. It's a lesson about what attracts the favor of God. And it's coming up Wednesday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.